Welcome to the season three premiere of Kenny and the Coaches. On this episode, I talk with Western Heights head football coach, J.D. Runnels. If that name sounds familiar, it should. Before he was Coach Runnels, he was a key part of three state championships as a player for Carl Albert. He then went on to play college football at OU, and as a sixth-round draft pick, he spent four years in the NFL. Man, I've got a lot of things to talk about, so let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Coach J.D. Runnels. All right, Coach, thanks for taking a little bit of time to visit with me today. Absolutely, man. It's great to hear from you, and uh, my brother's told me great things about you, so... Um, and I, I, I kind of trust him. Not all the time, but, but I trust him most of the time. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I always ask this question when I'm when I'm doing this. But who were some of the people in your life that kind of influenced you to become a coach? And and on top of that, who are some of the people that you kind of look to for advice? Man, I, I, the reason why I got into coaching um, was not just one coach. It was about ten of them. Yeah. You know, and. I think a lot of people look back to Gary Rose with me at Carl Albert. Um, and, you know, yes, Gary Rose was a huge, huge influence and not taking anything away from him, but he was about the fifth coach in line mm-hmm. that um, really helped mold me. And I had a really solid foundation. The first one was a guy named Benjamin Steele. And um, I don't know if my brother told you about Coach Steele or not, but um, growing up, I grew up on the east side of Oklahoma City and we played with the, the east. Everybody that I knew played with the east side T-Birds. Mm-hmm. And the way everybody got to practice was uh, Coach Steele's truck. You know, everybody just kind of piled in the back, and it was one of those deals. Yeah. You asked questions, and, you know, you went to work and practiced over at Douglas Center and played whoever wanted to play, whatever age, mostly playing up, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember Gage not getting the first down, and uh, <clears throat> it would ultimately was the, the team that showed me I might have some skill with, with playing with the ball, and then, Going to Steve Elementary, John Porter was an amazing coach for us. Coach Porter has a Mr. Porter Day in Midwest City, um, which I'm really, really proud of him for. Um, then going on to Carl Albert Junior High. Um, also, my brother, uh, my brother Lenny Hatchett, um, growing up, um, coaching us in AAU and doing all those things at the drop of a dime for us. Um, mm-hmm. But also Patrick Cudjo, one of our basketball coaches there, was, was an amazing coach for me. And then finally Gary Rose, Tex Rollins, um, amazing coaches at Carl Albert High School, both Hall of Famers, you know, getting mm-hmm. around Bob Stoops. Um, Bob obviously offered me a scholarship was a huge, huge thing for me and changed the trajectory of my life and playing career. Um, and then finally, all the coaches that I passed along in pro. Man, I was blessed. Lucky yeah. Smith, uh, gosh, went from there. John Gruden, uh, Marvin Lewis, Jay Gruden, Sean McVay, um, ended up happy, yeah. Uh, bumping shoulders with a bunch of those guys. And then now, I'm proud to say, uh, man, I look around and all of my buddies, my college roommate, Jeff Levy, is a head coach at Mississippi State. Um, a guy I trained with, uh, D'Amico Ryans, just uh, got the playoffs for the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to high school, at, or actually uh, lived with a guy from Norman at OU, who's uh, our deep snapper, who was best friends, and got to meet with Zach Taylor, who's now the coach of the Bengals. So, that coaching world band, I, I know a lot of them, and I'm, I'm just I'm glad that I had the solid foundation to help me get there early. Yeah, man, that sounds like <laughs> that's a lot of people. I, I ask these questions, you'll you'll hear it at the end, but it'll be kind of interesting to hear your answer on that one. But we'll get we'll get to that one. But okay, you you get hired to be the head coach of the Oklahoma City Wranglers. Something happens, and the team disbanded. 
How did you become the head coach at Western Heights? Well, that, like you said, that league never got off the ground, so I just I, I started looking around and seeing who needed coaches. And, you know, honestly, and I tell everybody, uh, you know, all my coaching buddies have these aspirations to coach at these huge, at, you know, you want to be this NFL coach and you want to be this college coach, and that sounds great. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the guys that I talk to, aren't in the family position. <laughs> they, mm. they ask me, well, how'd you like coaching college and how'd you like coaching pro? Mm-hmm. And immediately I always ask them, and they look at me crazy, how much do you love your kids? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what, huh? And they're like, really look at me sideways. And I'm like, seriously, how much do you love your kids? Because, you know, what I'm going to tell you is going to take you away from them. If you truly want to do this job, this is a job where you do not get to see your kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I went from... I was a 7th and 8th grade math teacher at Moore West Junior High. Um, I finished out a contract, or I was was finishing out there. I coached 7th and 8th grade football for two years, along with coaching my son's little league for four years, so his little league team. So I was driving myself crazy with kids. (laughs) Uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. um, Ended up wanting to be a college coach. Went and volunteered for seven months at UCO, was the running back GA and a special teams GA. Went for five months down to Ada in East Central. I got the running back's job there. Um, you know, wasn't making enough money to live, but mm-hmm. made enough money for gas because I was about to, uh, my, my daughter's mother was pregnant with her. So I'm driving from, from Edmond to Ada every day just wow. so I can coach football. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do that. Take a couple months off. I have my, uh, we have the baby. Uh, I immediately got another job two months later in the USFL with my guy, Kevin Sumlin mm-hmm. and didn't realize, you know, those spring leagues, it's, you know, you draft the players two weeks later, they show up and then you go four straight months, no bye weeks, no nothing with, you know, 16 hour days working and yeah. uh, practicing and all those things, seven days a week. Game planning, no weeks off. I saw my my kids one time, and so again, I go back to those guys and I ask them, "How much do you love your kids? Yeah. You know, do you you really want these jobs? And that's great and all. And and, and then the the other side of it is, you know, as many coaches as I knew, as high of a playing career as I was, I was on the bottom of the barrel, and I was doing the scout cards, I was doing the computer work, I was doing all these other things. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of coaches aren't going to be able to take that slice of humble pie and say okay, I'm a pro coach, but I'm doing things that a college GA would be doing or I'm doing things that a, a volunteer in high school would be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a punch to the gut for a lot of people. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, I looked at it as, you know, I'm I'm sitting here meeting in the same rooms as Kevin Sumlin, David Davey, Larry Fedora, um, you know, guys that have coached <laughs> big-time schools, Kansas, Texas A&M, uh, yeah. North Carolina, and they're all telling me that I have a bright future and things like that and giving me advice and, Mm-hmm. Uh, so for, for me, the, the the experience there just, again, took me back to I want to be around my kids. What mm-hmm. level allows me to do that with, with, with still giving me the ability to impact kids? Mm-hmm. And I looked around and <clears throat> Western Heights had a job opening. I knew a few of the people that uh, that were doing some of the interviewing and things like that and looking around. And I went in and interviewed, and I, I think I did a really good job. And um, they liked me, and I, they hired me in April. And since April... Um, man i've been just doing everything i can to get this program together and uh get these kids to believe you know we we hadn't won a game in three and a half years when i took over and so getting kids to believe it's not even about believing that you can win a game 
at that point. Mm-hmm. It's about believing that you're going to get stronger in the weight room, that we're going to get more kids out for football, that mm-hmm. we're going to get more kids committed to football and disciplined and off the eligibility list. So that's where we're at. Um, but I, I, I did take this job knowing that it was going to be um, a challenge, and, and I, it's one that I'm ready for. Yeah. That kind of goes into my next question. I mean, you came into, like you were saying, hadn't won a game since 2019. That's I, – I can't fathom that, you know. But, I mean, it, but I, I know that it happens. But kind of kind of go over kind of what your priority was or what your focus was coming in. Like, day one, I want to do this with these kids. Man, honestly, you know, the transfer rule hadn't hit us. Mm. But hadn't hit us before then, but it was coming. Mm-hmm. And so my biggest thing was keeping these kids together and keeping the kid. The, you know, I knew that they had some talented pick players. I had seen a little bit of film, but I didn't want to watch too much film. Mm-hmm. The majority of my, my first day, I wanted them to feel something different. I wanted them mm-hmm. to know that there was a, a change coming and that there was a consistent change. I think a lot of our kids are just lacking that consistency in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they want a coach that they know is going to be for, for me, you know, any high school experience, any high school experience, whether you went to a city school, a, a suburban school, a rural Oklahoma school, mm-hmm. when, when a kid graduates, they deserve to go back to the high school and see the head football coach and say hi to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that sounds cliche, and I know it's something that a lot of people take for granted, but for the most part, Western Heights hasn't had that. Yeah. You know, they haven't had four years later, you're able to come back to a high school coach and it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. And it's no disrespect to anybody, but it's, it's our kids needed to know that consistency was here, that somebody was going to be here, that, that everything's going to be okay. And that, you know, that, mm-hmm. that there's somebody around the city that's going to give them a chance to be around, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I probably could have went back to Carl Albert. It probably would have, it, 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 it wouldn't. Carl Albert is where people would expect me to go. Yeah. yeah. It's where they would expect me to go. And it's because the, the expectations there are what some of what I helped create. Mm-hmm. Proud to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the kids in Western Heights, if, if I'm as good of a coach as I think I am, if I'm as good of a trainer, if I'm as good of a person, then why not go prove it with some kids who may not have the chance to go uh, meet an NFL player, who may not have a chance to learn what tradition is at Carl Albert or places like that or learn what it's like to have goals and to set team goals to, to win districts mm-hmm. you know for, for us a win over there is different than a win at Carl Albert a win at Carl Albert is there's only one goal mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's the state championship mm-hmm. there's one goal for us a win is a win on the field it's a, it's a win in the weight room it's a win in the classroom you know, our, our wins look different. A, a win for our program looks different, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I just, first day, keeping the kids together, letting them know we were going to be okay, letting them know that change was coming, letting them know that we had, that I have as, as, as big of goals that they have, so do I. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's not a, my goal is to, I'm not, I, I wasn't going into it saying, hey, I'm going to, your guys are going to propel me to go back to the coach D1. Yeah, that wasn't the talk. It was we're gonna get through this. We're gonna get you guys some kind of championship. We're gonna have fun while we do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna be the team which, you know, thankfully I think we've kind of proved that this year. You know, we aren't gonna be the team that everybody schedules for homecoming 
It just says we're going to beat them 100 to zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Oh, man, and that's I, – I had never really thought about that when you said that about when kids graduate and they're able uh-huh. to come back and see uh-huh. their old coach. Because I, I, I've never really thought about that, but that is a pretty big thing for alumni to come back and be like, hey, you know – even just a pregame, come, hey, coach, how's it going? I mean, that yep. that only does something for your alumni, but it does something for the kids that are already in your program. You know what I mean? I, and I never really – I see it a lot, but I've never really put that together. Hey, that is a pretty big thing for kids to see that consistency like you're talking yes, about. Sir. Yes, sir. It shows you that it's a functional program. Mm-hmm. And again, no disrespect to anybody else that's here before me. I don't know what happened. Um, there's all kinds of rumors and speculations and whatever. That wasn't me. Okay, we've got some new people in there. We're doing a good thing. But unfortunately, for what it sounds like, there was just a lot of dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, your, your football players represent whatever is going on in your school. Yep. If your school is functional. If your school is, is, is properly educating kids, if it's properly doing everything, then to me, your football team exemplifies that. Mm-hmm. And your coaches go out of their way to set those standards above that. Um, <clears throat> so... You know, that, that's just where we're trying to get it to now. So, again, I realize where we're at. And, uh, but, yeah, I just, again, I go back to, you know, some of my kids that I put through high school, you know, I want them to be able to come back and help my program. I don't want them to feel like we've had former players come back. <laughs> I'll put it to you this way. Uh, we had five seniors on my team that graduated. I only played one senior this year. Mm-hmm. One of the seniors couldn't even tell me who his coach was couldn't tell me his coach's name Wow. for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Man. And again, I, and it's, and listen, I'm not saying that that coach was bad. I'm not saying whatever. All I'm saying is they didn't have any consistency. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any consistency, and that consistency matters. It, oh. it really does. There's those little things matter in a football program and in a, in a community, and, and I think uh, – I could go on a whole nother rant, but I think COVID really exposed a lot of those resources or which teams have the resources and which teams don't. And, you know, um, Mm -hmm. who's able to deal with these things, who's able to work out online, who's able to keep their kids, um, you know, fed and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, in shape and things like that. And I don't know. It's just, it's just something we got to just keep battling. Yep. Yep. Now, with it being your your first head coaching job, what would you say you learned about yourself as a coach from that from your first season? Yeah. Well, like I said, I coached I coached junior high. Um, I was a head coach there. I was an assistant in high school, mm-hmm. and then obviously an assistant in college and an assistant um, an assistant in pro. Mm-hmm. Being the head man is uh, here's what I'll say. You know, when the, the the advice that I would give to somebody, somebody told me I already told to said it to you, but know what a win is for your program. Mm-hmm. Know what, know what. Um, I, I was, our first game we played a six eighteen, and last year they almost lost by hundred. This year we went off by fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that sounds crazy, but there were wins for our program. Yeah, even absolutely. With, you know, and the only. The only team that held a scoreless was a 618. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that game. So I go back and tell our kids, um, you know, if I would have told you game one, you know, and this team's going to beat us 56 to 0, but that's going to be the only team that shuts us out this year, would you guys have believed? And they all, no, absolutely not. Like we thought, 
it was tanking, it was it was not going here, it was not going there. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I would tell myself, <clears throat> if I could go back in time, right before I took this job, and before I started bringing coaches in or whatever, mm-hmm. I would ask them, and they'll probably look at me crazy, <laughs> do you know where we are? Yeah. Do you know where we're coaching football? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them will probably say, not really. <laughs> and that, to me, matters. If you're at Bixby, if you're at Carl Albert, if you're at Jinx, there's an expectation that's there of not only your players, but your coaches, the booster club, the, the fans, the, the, the student section. The, I have to rebuild all that. Mm-hmm. With rebuilding all that, I need my coaches to understand where we are. I need their help building these things. Mm-hmm. We can't just, this isn't the place where we just show up, kids just show up to play football for us from random places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, five-star recruits, kids that have OU scholarships, walking through the door randomly, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have that. We have to build all of that. And so I would tell my younger self, you need to find builders. Yeah. You need to find culture builders, people, human, uh, civil, you know, civilized mm-hmm. human builders. You have to find guys that are ready to build. Not, and I, and I also would tell people this: like, I, I'm not a guy. I'm a guy. I, I told you my coaching story. Mm-hmm. I went from place to place to place. I was volunteer, then I was running back coach, then I was, you know, college and running back coach pro. Mm-hmm. I bounced around for, you know, I didn't take jobs for more than a year at a certain time. Whether you take this job for six minutes or whether you take this job for six years, six decades, mm-hmm. this is more than likely going to be a school in a district where we're going to constantly have to do certain things that other programs don't do. We mm-hmm. have to know where we are. Mm-hmm. It's no disrespect to anything. It's just where we are Absolutely. we have to know where we are what the job is what it entitles what what are what are what do our players need and i tell the a lot of the the staff that i had and and people that are close to me you know our players don't hear anything <laughs> i love them to death but to <laughs> me they feel things yep. they feel it if you coach them if you care about them they feel it. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't hear that. Like, hey, man, I care about you, and I really want you. They don't hear that. I don't. I don't believe that they hear that. What I do believe is they feel people that invest their energy in them, mm-hmm. and that is what I have to have more. Of. I have to have more people that are ready to build, more people that are ready to invest in the life of the kids, mm-hmm. because in a, a football team shows me what your school's going through. Okay. Mm-hmm. It shows what your school is. If we haven't won a game in nearly four years, what's going on in our schools? Mm-hmm. Right? Are mm-hmm. our grades good for the football team? Are our football team going out being leaders in the community? Are they going out setting a good example? Are they being who we need them to be in the hallways? Are they doing extracurriculars? Are they? Chances are we're not. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we haven't won that many, you know. But now I'm proud to say that we are. And you can, you can, one of the best compliments I got, Kenny, was from a, my math department head, believe it or not. And she emailed me one day and just, it was probably about three or four weeks into the season. And it had 
we hadn't even won a game yet. Mm-hmm. But she just talked about how the kids were taking math more serious, how they walked around with more of a sense of pride, mm-hmm. how they weren't acting the same way as the deviant and bad behavior. To me, that's worth 10 wins going undefeated. Yeah, <laughs> Because no. yep. it has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and when other teachers are believing, to me, they're more likely to help. When mm-hmm. kids are believing, they're more likely to help others. They're more likely to keep the discipline. They're more likely to keep the commitment. I'll end uh, this question with this. I started the year last year with 60 players, ended with 29, and did not kick one kid off the team. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> man, culture building. I've, I, I've been at a at a school that we, it was kind of one of those situations where when we came in, we were the fifth set of coaches that some of those kids had had in five years, yep. you know, and it was, that was the majority of that first season. Cause I'd come from a, a program that there was kind of one of those tradition programs where we were, we were used to winning, you know, it was like you were saying the kids showed up and they're ready to play football. It, it wasn't, it wasn't like that at this place. And that was something I had to get used to, you know, it's like, it's not like you were saying this, it wasn't necessarily about the wins and losses. Yes. You want to win, but you want to, it, the the biggest part was getting those kids to believe in something bigger than themselves. You know what yep. I mean? And that was, yep. it, it's, I, I think it, it's, it is easy coaching at a place that it's already there and it's already established, you know, you just kind of have to just keep it going, but that, uh, you know, starting from the ground up, it is, it is a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. Now, man, let me let me shift gears a little bit because I'd be I wanted you to talk about your program, what you got going on there at Western Heights, but I want to talk about your because I've never had a a person actually played in the NFL on before. So, <laughs> as a and this is something I've always kind of wondered, as a as a former pro athlete, what would you say to someone as in the process of either going from high school to college, or the few and fortunate that will be going from college to the pros? What what kind of advice would you give that person? Mm-hmm. I help parents with this exact issue. There's a lot of misinformation about recruiting. There's a lot of misinformation about when you get to college, the transfer portal and NIL. And there's a, there's practically no information when you get to the NFL, mm-hmm. um, what it's like. You know, the, the, the biggest piece of advice that I could honestly give is both situations are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. They are very, very similar. You know, when you go through, you're obviously a pretty good player. Um, you have some options. You make this decision. You work your butt off, and you show up. In sh- the, the, the the first mistake that a lot of people make is they don't show up in shape. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to run track these days, or you got to stay active. You got to do something. Um, it's it's just not going to happen if you don't. Unfortunately, um, the weight programs in some of these other states are a little bit ahead of us in Oklahoma, and that's probably why mm-hmm. uh, those they look down to Texas and got heard of stat the other day that there's like four or five hundred kids junior and senior in Texas that already have offers from division from big time programs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they trust the brand of football. They trust the weight room. They trust everything down there, which is fine. Um, when you go into it, you know, college, obviously you have the academic side of it that you don't have on the NFL, but you have really got to ask yourself, how can I benefit this team early on? And a lot of times, and I'm proof of it, You know, I was the last scholarship given my year to go to OU, but then I ended up playing in more games than anybody. Mm -hmm. And I tell the 
the kids ask me, how does this happen? Well, let's think about it this way. The, the, the five-star quarterback that comes in, he's going to redshirt because he, does, he doesn't know the playbook. He's not ready for whatever, mm-hmm. right? Well, who do they truly need? Well, the linemen, uh, some of those guys have to lose weight or gain weight to get ready to play, right? Mm-hmm. The skilled guys, a lot of them are a little too skinny, and they have to put on weight, or they're, they're not going to block or tackle the way they want them to. But then you've got these middle group guys who play special teams, who are versatile, who can play tight end, fullback, linebacker, whatever if you need them to, who mm-hmm. are just, you know, those are your practice players that end up earning reps, that end up those practice reps end up earning you scrimmage reps and game reps. So along with <laughs> you, you got to take your class seriously in college because you can't make the, the JD mistake of showing up to your history uh, class your, your first day, 1865, the president, and, you know, the the professor makes a 30-second speech about how his son goes to Yale, and he's going to hold us to the same standard. And if you didn't read the uh, syllabus and bring the assignment that's worth 300 points today, I'd highly recommend you drop this class. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That was the mistake I made. Mm-hmm. So now I'm dropping classes and trying to figure out what I want to do, and da 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 blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, so you just got to stay ahead. But again, there's just information um, that, you know, if you find somebody that's played there that you can trust, that you can run things by, you, you, you understand and you, you feel more success. You, you feel like there's a chance for success. Lastly, those workouts are way, way different with Smitty. You know, and kids mm-hmm. laugh at me when I talk about it. I say, well, if, the, if, I, if the workout's at 6 o'clock, what time are you showing up? And they're like, oh, coach, I'll be there by 5.55. I said, okay, well, you're 25 minutes late. Just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like, what? I'm like, guys, when, when your group walks over, you walk over. Like, everybody walks together. We get in trouble together. We freaking, we, we, we succeed together. We fail together. Mm-hmm. But we ain't walking over there and that door shuts and he tells you not to unlock it for me and now I'm kicked out and I have to start over again and do the Stairmaster for two hours and start the workout at three o'clock and then I'm back on the Stairmaster at 6 a.m. I ain't doing that, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a whole process of things and how people operate. And, and, and the last thing I have to say is you got to mature quick. And by mm-hmm. maturing, I mean, you've got to forget that these people have been through it all day. They've been through it for decades upon decades. And you can't get your feelings hurt when they come down on you mm-hmm. or when they act like you're not good enough, when they act like you're um, you're this arrogant prick who hasn't learned anything. You haven't been in your playbook enough, and I've been checking your uh, grades, and they're not good. you just got to get used to being a man and say, you know what? I'm not going to give you any reason to come at me today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to go do all my homework. I'm going to show up early for workouts. I'm going to make sure I'm early studying uh, for special teams. I'm not going to me- mess up when you call on me in front of a team. I'm not going to mess up in class. I'm not going to mess up in workouts and drive my whole there's, – there's a whole different accountability deal that, mm-hmm. again, kids need to understand. You, you ain't going to just sell your books. They'll come back on your bursar. Educate them on what a bursary account is. Well, half of them don't know. Yeah. You know, you, you better be on scholarship if you're making the coach JD mistake and have to withdraw a class. Because if you aren't, that's probably two or three thousand dollars just to go see your advisor and switch that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of things that they don't understand because they've been on mom and dad's dime, and now you're on somebody else's dime. So, yeah. You know, wow. My biggest deal: get around the people. Get you know, you make it to college. Get around somebody that you trust that has been there. Even if they aren't affiliated with that program anymore, everybody coaches the same, everybody trains the same, everybody disciplines and expects the same commitment. So get around people.
people that have done it. Awesome, awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's some great information. And it does seem like you know the the mental grind. I've talked to to a couple other college athletes, and that was one of the things that they said that they weren't necessarily prepared for when they got into college was the mental grind that it that it puts on you. That you, I mean, you, like you were saying, you've got to mature quick, or you're going to yeah. be left behind. Or that's yeah. why I, I've always felt like a lot of people, me included. I mean, I, I had opportunity to play college football, and I was not an 18 year old kid from small town Oklahoma. I was not prepared for what was coming at me. And I, 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 I hammer my my middle son. He wants to play college football, and I've hammered, tried to hammer it home with him. You have got to be so much mentally tougher than you are now. Just, just that, that grind is gonna. I can tell you, I can tell you, but I mean, you really need to experience to, to kind of see what it's like. You know, yep. I can't. You can't. That's something you can't really explain. That is. And another thing I've always kind of wondered from someone that's um, been a pro athlete: how much, like you were saying, the, the mental grind and, and all that 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 you, the mental discipline that you have to have. But how much does determination go into being a pro athlete? I mean, you went from. I kind of read up on you. You had, you know, your big part of three state championships at Carl Albert. You're you're the dude at Carl Albert, you know. And then you almost kind of like I heard you say earlier, you had to kind of take a slice of humble pie because when you you go from being the big fish to kind of not being the big fish. I mean, what kind of determination do you have to have to get to that level to be like, okay, I'm not I'm not the dude like I was at at, at my high school. I'm gonna be focused enough to, to to make it at this level, and then having to do it all over again at the at the the highest level. Man, you know, um, it, it, it's hard to explain to kids. You know, with, with like almost like what you said, the, the challenge of it. Um, the, the example that I give them is: you just read off all my resume, and all that's great. Okay, mm-hmm. so what if you're like me? You read that resume, your son's right there, right? Mm-hmm. And I tell you in front of your son, and I tell your son that on my first day of workouts, even after all those accolades you just read, two-time All-State, second-run player of the year, runner-up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. After my first workout, I never thought I would be able to make it through workouts. And after my first practice, I never thought I'd be able to make it through practice. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the cold, hard truth. And then a few days later, you know, practice, there is no reps. Because we're not working on a fullback that day. Or mm-hmm. you just, you, you feel left out. You feel almost like a walk-on. Mm-hmm. Like, what what do you do? Do you go cry on mom? Well, mom can't really help me. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, there weren't any parent meetings where I went. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, like I said, you got to figure it out. And so for me, it was one of my coaches, Matt Weber, who I actually just saw mm-hmm. about a week ago. He's coaching at Marlowe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was our offensive coordinator. Great, great family. Um, he called me. I had a big hit in, in college. He, he came, so OU, the way they used to do it, they may do it similar, but they used to have two-a-days, and you'd have a scrimmage for the weekend, two-a-days, scrimmage for the weekend, two-a-days, closed scrimmage, getting ready for games. Mm-hmm. So the first open scrimmage, I didn't get one snap, not one. Mm-hmm. And Coach, Coach Weber came down, and he used to open those scrimmages up, and I would come, whatever. Well, he calls me afterwards. He's like, hey, do you want a red shirt? And I'm like, what? Huh? He's like, do you want a red shirt? And I'm like, Coach, I don't mean to cuss at you, but hell no. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he's like, well, you need to hit somebody like you hit Quentin Chaney in that semifinal game, and that'll get you on the field. 
And I said, noted. Noted. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. that's what I'm going to have to do. And so next week, sure enough, we started working on goal line. Um, by Friday, I was in the scout team and hitting a few guys. And they said they were going to give me a rep. Uh, by Saturday, um, got in on the scrimmage, hit Lance Mitchell, big, big hit. By Monday, I, I noticed when the, the the way you used to learn that you made varsity at OU was they would put your number on your helmet. Mm-hmm. So I had my number on the back of my helmet when I went in Monday, and I didn't even think I was in such a horrible mood. I was like, <laughs> there's no way I'm on varsity. Like, you know, yeah. who are these guys? Whatever. Um, so I go out to practice, and they call inside drill, and I'm just dreading going over with the the defense and they're about to kill me like I've been doing it. <laughs> yeah. Sure enough, Brent Venables looks at me and goes, get over there with the offense. You're not hitting my linebacker anymore. <laughs> and I said, and I mean, I just sprinted, you know, over the offense for, for 40 for duty, sir. You know? um, yeah. And they're like, well, you get one chance and if you have to stop, you're going right back over there. And wow. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is great. Just when you think you get out of there, um, yeah, you just get more in it. So, but again, it just, it, 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 you know, there's just those points that coaches, coaches stepped up where my parents couldn't even step up. Just being honest, you know, yeah. my dad played college baseball. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he was, he was just expecting me to, you know, tear this football thing up. He was like, you can't hit a curveball. So you, you might as well, <laughs> you know, do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it, it just. Again, man, there was there's just times, and I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm doing this interview in my kitchen, freaking sitting here looking at a picture of Matt Weber. You know, yeah. uh, my last game at OU, or excuse me, my last game in high school, um, we played, uh, we got to play Alphys in the state championship, so I actually scored my last touchdown in high school in that game, and then my first touchdown at OU in the exact same end zone. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was pretty crazy, but just looking at this picture of, I mean, I don't even know how many of them became head coaches, but uh, I know Coach Rose was a head coach. Coach uh, Weber's now a head coach. Coach Nichols was a head coach at El Reno for a while. He's at Choctaw. Uh, mm-hmm. Coach, I don't think, I think Coach Brock is still coached over at Westmore. Coach Dozier's on OCA All-State. Uh, coach Vineyard's still there. He's got a son there. Coach Rollins is Hall of Fame. He's on OCA. Coach Goff was there forever. Um, man, we were just, we were really, really blessed in high school, and I think, uh, I, I really think, and, and, uh, and you're just starting to see it at Carl Albert now, and I've been saying it for a while, and not that I'm some prophet or anything, but man, <laughs> seriously, you know, they, they, there's a reason they got five guys that have an OU scholarship right now. Mm-hmm. You know, or one just left, but man, there's a program there that's ran the exact same way that OU is. Yep. You know, and when you see that, and when those kids work like that, and they're athletic and play all three sports and excel and are able to compete with these guys. I mean, we might want to take a look at these kids, mm-hmm. you know, but it sounds like they are now. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely, man. You know? Now, before I, I get to these uh, these final three questions, I, I want to ask you this. Do you, do you have a you have older kids? I have a uh, – my son just turned 15, and then my daughter is two. Okay. Your 15-year-old, who were – who – I'm trying to think how to put this. Who is the person that you played against that you look to your son and be like, "Hey, yeah, I played against such and such." Because <laughs> if it were me, uh, I'd be I'd be all day long. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Um, well, every uh, all my son's friends, they're huge Adrian Peterson fans still. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're you know playing with 
him almost is like playing against him if you don't get out of your, get out of his way when you're blocking. <laughs> uh, Brian Urlacher's a name. Ray, the other one is Ray Lewis. All the kids wanted oh. to know if when I was in Cincinnati if I had to go with uh, against Ray Lewis. Uh, yeah, those are probably the main two. Um, and I, I tell a lot of the kids, I'm like, you know, the Ravens, you know, that, that defense, and I think it was 2008. Oh, I mean, that, that, that one would probably put a little bit of fear in, in some, in some people that aren't familiar with his heart. Um, wow. that, that was a defense for sure. Ed Reed, Haloti Nada, Ray Lewis, uh, Terrell Suggs. You had Chris McAllister on that defense. Yeah. Had, uh, yeah, it was, it was yeah. loaded. Man, what is that? That this kind of uh, not one of my questions, but what what is that like being? I can imagine like you know you're little old dude from from Carl Albert, and here I am on an NFL football field looking across the line at Ray Lewis. And <laughs> did it? Did you ever? Have you ever like even now? Do you kind of look back in that? And go, man, that's that's yeah. pretty cool. I did that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't look at, uh, I used to not look at, and I almost, uh, you probably have seen that Pat McAfee show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had A.J. Hawk on there with him. Uh, A.J. was one of the linebackers at Green Bay. Me and him actually went heads up. And A.J., you could see his freaking neck through the interview. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. he was a big dude. He was tough. And we collided, and it, I, he almost got me. But I, I actually, I, I don't want to brag too much, but. He, we had a good collision, and I think somebody tripped him, and it looked like I just flattened him. So I appreciate him. <laughs> Whoever tripped him, thank you, because it wasn't as easy as it looked. Oh I'll man, I'll, I'll delete that part out. I'll make it look. Yep. I'll make yep. it sound like you just smoked him. All skills, yeah, all skills. But no, those are those are probably the main. Oh, Jason Taylor. Yeah. Jason Taylor, the one that played at the Dolphins, man. Mm-hmm. He was <laughs> golly. We were undefeated with the Bears. We were seven and zero, and they were zero and seven. And I mean, he comes and scores two touchdowns on us in the first half defensively. Yeah, uh, he, woof, yeah. he was special. Nice. And then lastly, I got to give a shout out my buddy, uh, my draft class buddy, Mark Anderson. He uh-huh. ended up with almost like eleven or twelve sacks our rookie year, and he was a really, really good defender. I'm really proud of Mark. Yeah. So he was a tough one. Wow. Man. All right. Well. I'm gonna get you out of here. I always ask these these three kind of off the wall questions at the end. What is or first question? What is something people would be surprised to hear that JD Reynolds is bad at? Ooh, that I'm bad at. Well, my handwriting is not that great. <laughs> there um, you go. There you go. So I used to be a big hooper. My friends will laugh at this. Um, so my. <clears throat> I'm talking love that. You know, you know my brother Lenny. Lenny, obviously, is huge in basketball. Really proud of him for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the I'm talking. I used to have a work ethic in basketball that I would brag on. That that I mean, I would go out in the garage in the dark and just dribble for hours, come in drenched in sweat. So I had handles. You know, yeah. I would focus on my defensive side. Like I got pulled up to varsity in basketball before I did football. Um, mm-hmm. So as a freshman, I got to play in two varsity games up at Carl Albert. Well, between my sophomore and junior year, and I'm talking like just, you know, I was a lefty, I could pass, dribble, whatever, shoot all right. Well, from my sophomore year to my junior year, I gained like 50 pounds. I go from like 180 to like 230, yeah. right? And totally hit the weight room hard, just went crazy in it knew I wanted to kind of go towards football. I was kind of making my decision between football and basketball. 
football seemed like it was going to be easier to get recruited at. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when I gained all that weight, the easiest way I could explain it was my free throws went from like Steph Curry to like Shaq. <laughs> I mean, it was awful. I mean, I couldn't, I just couldn't, I had no touch anymore. Like the ball would, you know, when I, when I, before I gained all that weight, the ball felt natural. When I, then when I gained all that weight, it felt like a shot put. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I was too strong for like the same motion. It would just go half the way. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I don't know. I ended up not playing my senior year because it just messed with my confidence so much. I was like, man, I can't, I'm not the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it hurts the same, but I went through like my, my over the hill status, my junior <laughs> year. There you so, go. So I'm not good at free throws anymore. All right. I, guess, I don't think I've had that one. I don't think I've had either one of those, handwriting or or uh, or free throws. Uh, that, that's, that's a unique one. No, I can write. Uh, it looks It's beautiful in, like, football terms. You know, if I need to draw, <laughs> you know, over yeah. defense versus our formation, we're good. You know, I, but, you know, if yeah. you need me to, yeah, I'm a math teacher um, for ninth grade right now. I teach math uh, throughout the day and then go coach. And, you know, I'll write some stuff on the board. And they're like, coach, what's what, what that? What, 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 do we, what do we need to, what is that? How do I, can you tell me what it is? And yeah. then we'll copy it. <laughs> All right, second question. And this, this is the one I was telling you about at the very beginning. If you could visit with any athlete or coach to pick their brain, past or present, who would it be or who was it or who has it been? LeBron. Oh, wow. Okay. I wasn't yeah, expecting that. I, yeah, just because of the business aspect and then mm. the nutrition and how he takes care of his body aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard that he spends a million dollars a year on his body, and I'd just like to know, know how exactly you were able to spend a million dollars on your body. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, having it to spend is probably a fun feeling as well. Yeah. So, now, so, I mean, I, I'm I'm a Jordan guy. I'm, I, every time I've had someone on, I think it was uh, Coach Collins, Coach BC Collins, and he brought up the LeBron over Jordan thing, and I was like, I, I'm not going to talk about that. But man, I I've I've was I was actually watching the Lakers play the other night, and I was like, man, that dude's almost 40 years old, and he's still he's probably the best conditioned guy on the floor. You know, yeah, well, just, I love BC too, but. Uh, you can just tell him that I said that MJ still is going to fade away from him and, and make it right in his face. I guarantee it. Just happens. Hey man, you, no. can't, you, can't, you can't reason with LeBron fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final question. You're put on the spot, and you have no choice but to sing a karaoke song. What's that song going to be? Oh, man. Um, ooh, in a karaoke atmosphere. Yeah. I'm going to shut this place down. I'm going to go with, like, um, Queen, the one who wants to be with you. Wow. To be with you. There you go. All right. That's, uh, that's bold. Yeah. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna rock this place, um, you know, and, and I just, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty. It's going to end. I mean, I, by the whole, by the end of that song, I would imagine the whole bar. Uh, no, it was Mr. Big. It wasn't Queen. It was Mr. Big who sang that one. All right. Not that one wrong. Yeah, but by the whole, by the end of that one, the whole bar will be, you know, at my fingertips. <laughs> All right. Well, Coach, man, thanks for visiting with me. You you came in and took over a program that a lot of people would have 
shied away from, but you and your staff have come in and started to turn around. I really think you guys will get the Jets going where you want them to be. I mean, I I bleed maroon and gray, but I'm definitely a fan of what you're doing at Western Heights. So good luck to you. Thanks again to Coach Runnels for being on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. A new episode comes out every Sunday at 10 a.m. on your favorite podcasting site. Every Wednesday at 3.30, check out Not So Instant Replay exclusively on the Kenny and the Coaches Facebook page. You can check out the Kenny and the Coaches official website in the description, and if you're on X, just search at Kenny Coaches. And don't forget, that's K-E-N-N-E-Y and the Coaches. Until next time. This episode was recorded on January 7th, 2024.